Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Facebook. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. To face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So welcome to Face to Face for another episode. I think this is episode 63.2, I'm not sure. And our guest today is Drew Marshall. And believe it or not, Drew and I are actually sitting in a studio that I think was designed in about 1963. <laughs> Drew, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining AM us. AM Christian Radio. That's right. I th- you should see the wallpaper. <laughs> it's Paisley. An, it's an outrage. Paisley. So thanks for joining us, Drew. And... Um, yeah, so uh, we've got 30 to 40 minutes with you to talk about things. Really? Yeah, you I know. And I could fill that talking about our, our uh, lactose intolerance. So, that, yeah, do, you sh- do we share that? <laughs> we do uh-huh. indeed. Yeah, exactly. So Drew's been on the radio for quite a few years. He's uh, got quite a uh, CV uh, of guests that he's interviewed, that he's spoken with. I've had the opportunity to co-host a show with him a couple of months ago, and we, uh, we interviewed a few pretty interesting guests. Who did we have on? Do you remember? I remember Larry King, and I remember right. the um, the guy from the uh, the bullying guy from the Sandra Bullock film. Oh yeah, the guy the it was the actor from yeah. uh, Blindside. Yeah, and then Con- was it Conan? Was he the other guy we had on? Oh all, no, we had Hercules. Hercules. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why can't I remember his name? Yeah. The guy who played Hercules. Yeah, and I think you'd had him on before because you guys were pretty uh, you guys were pretty friendly, pretty chummy. But Larry King, it was an interesting interview with Larry King. He was he was at a baseball game, I think. Yeah, sitting there with uh, with his cell phone, yeah. watching his grandson. Yeah, play, no, I no, think. his son. His son. His like ten year old son. Ten year old son. Wow. Who wow. will be fatherless soon? 
and who will be fatherless soon, true enough. I got to say, it was an interesting conversation that you had with him because he, it sounded to me like he was, he was kind of, he was kind of... Uh, By the way, can I just read, I, I feel bad about saying he will be fatherless soon. <laughs> I feel horrible about saying that. Really? And yet I mean, you're Look, the obvious point was... Larry King's really old and he had kids. Yes, yes. So did David Letterman. Do you want to, do you want to start over? No, I just, I just felt guilty in. about it. I it's just, the beauty of digi digital audio. Ah, no, that's fine. I, yeah, I used Sorry to, to interrupt. Uh, yeah, I used to line in a performance this morning. I was on stage and, you know, you, as soon as it comes out, you kind of, it's like shooting, it's like shooting a ball in pool, right? As soon as the cue hits the ball, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's going to go off. Yeah. As soon as they say, yeah. I now pronounce you man and wife, <laughs> you go, right. oh my did you say manual and wife? Manual. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a little Mexican guy that married. Yeah. What I found interesting, so you, about Larry, let's get back to Larry in a second, but you've been, you've been on God Radio mm -hmm. uh, for years now. You've, you've been interacting with a really interesting group of people asking a lot of, uh, I would say, pretty reflective, important questions, but also doing a lot of comedy as well. Um, you consider yourself a bit of a comedian, eh? You've done no. Any Anybody that considers themselves a comedian? It's usually like the least but, funniest but, person in the world. Right. Well, probably, probably true. But you've done a lot of stand-up, haven't you, over the years? No, I did a little bit. I was uh, uh, did some Second City improv courses, Second City stand-up comedy, you know, just to sort of see how I compared. Because I used to kick footballs, and I didn't know if I was a good kicker until I went to NFL training camp and watched other guys absolutely hammer the ball while right. I sat on the sidelines and went, okay, I think I'll go back Is to the CFL. Is that as far as you got at the camp? Yeah. <laughs> yep, that was it. Yeah. So no registration. No. No, no dinners. No, no schmoozing. <laughs> no. I, I remember watching Louis Aguiar from Kansas City Chiefs just pummel this ball. And, you know, you know you suck as a punter when you're watching another guy kick and your mouth is open. <laughs> wow. I want to be like him. That's funny. <laughs> anyway, so, what was I saying? Yeah, How did that so you didn't even quite make it to the camp. What was the basically? comparison? What were we talking about before that? Well, we were just talking about some of the guests that you've... Uh, oh, funny. Yeah. yeah. Do funny you consider humor? yourself funny? Yeah, sure. So stand-up has been a little bit. <laughs> That's great. So, you know, look, so I think I think uh, there's enough boring, too serious uh, uh, stuff out there. I mean, I grew up in the church. That's the epitome of boring and too serious. And I'm too ADD. So you gotta you gotta keep me. And the way to keep people, for the most part, is a, a good sense of humor. You yeah, know? yeah. Guy I really res respecting the way he communicates uh, with God stuff is Brooks. And with Bruxy Cavey, sorry, Bruxy Cavey from the Meeting House, okay. as I have indigestion, shawarma indigestion into the microphone. Nice. Um, you know, he is, I think, one of the best teachers because of his knowledge, his balance, but also because when he's overtired and he comes in to do a message, he lets his guard down a little more and the funny comes out. I've told him this for years. Dude, you are funny, natural, naturally funny guy. Let it go. Well, there's, and there's a difference too, right? There's a difference between somebody being naturally funny on stage and somebody being just hanging out at a party and they crack a joke and everybody laughs, yeah. right? It's very yeah. different. So, so it's been a bit of a hobby for you. You felt that uh, behind the microphone in the studio should translate to the stage? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think it's uh, easier for people to listen to, yeah. to uh, some interview. And you know what? It, you, there's way too many people that try too hard to be funny. Yeah. And then there's, uh, you, you don't want to be, you don't want to try to throw funny in you know, like, for example, we're going to be speaking with, uh, uh, I don't know when this is airing, but we'll be speaking with uh, 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 Dick Hoyt from Team Hoyt, who's the father-son uh, marathon and triathlete uh, uh, athletes or runners or whatever. And Dick is like, I don't know, a thousand years old, but he carries his paraplegic son with him, quadriplegic son. Wow. So when he's running, he, he pushes him in a, in, a, in a thing. When he's bicycling, uh, his son, his adult son, is strapped to the, a deal in front of the bike. And then when he's swimming, he tows his son in a boat behind him. 
And you don't want to be talking to uh, Dick and Rick Hoyt this weekend about the bombings in Boston and put funny in a wrong spot. You know, you, yeah. there's yeah. certainly, there can be lightheartedness here or there. But if you, you know, just don't want to do that yeah. Yeah, in the it's wrong inter- time. It's, it's interesting, you know, last night, uh, my wife and I love to watch Jon Stewart. And mm. last night, uh, both Jon Stewart and Stephen Colbert started out as if they were going to start their show the same way and then immediately went into this kind of, you know, pseudo-memorial kind of homage to Boston and, you know, what a tragedy and isn't it great that we can all stick together and so on. And you kind of felt as if Stewart wanted to be funny and wasn't sure, and yet he's great with that for the most part. And what was interesting to me is I think Colbert actually handled it better than than Jon Stewart Hmm. did in a way, which is really interesting. And they both handled it better than Seth uh, MacFarlane? Seth Rogen, is it? No, it's not right. Seth MacFarlane. Seth MacFarlane. We got that backwards. Yes, that's right. (laughs) Seth MacFarlane from from, uh, Family Guy, they pulled his show because they made a reference of of that. So anyway. Still, still unknown. What's going on. So, what's funny? So, you've been on God Radio. You've grew up in the church. You've talked about the Meeting House and Bruxy and so on and messages. What's funny about God? What, what's funny about Christians? I mean, is it is it? Well, those are two hugely humans? different yeah. questions. Yeah. What's funny about God? Um, apparently, there's funny stuff in the Bible that you know, if we understood it more in in that context, we would we would chuckle more. But I, I'm not a big. I'm not. I don't. I, yeah, I'm not a. I don't think there's much funny about God. I'm not even sure if God exists. Right, right. That's where I'm at. Okay. What's funny about the church? Oh, my goodness. That is the deepest well of comedic material. (laughs) Seriously. You know, think about any dysfunctional families you've been a part of, whether it's your own or your spouses or friends. Then multiply it by 10. That's the church. So why, why so dysfunctional? I mean, was it dysfunctional in the church you grew up as well? No, I don't think I realized the dysfunction until maybe, you know, a little bit later. Plus, you know, look, I've got an attitude uh, problem, and, and I, uh, I, I uh, study human nature uh, and uh, sort of a social, I guess from a sociological understanding, I, I'm more eyes wide open that way than I am. Like, I should be listening to the freaking message, not, not analyzing, you know, how the guy is communicating the message or whether his fly is open or why do they have the smoke machine going during the Jesus mm-hmm. singing time or, mm-hmm. or look at this person, are they being genuine or disingenuous, you know, all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's how I, I mean, I just analyze everything in front of me. Um, and so why is the, why is the church, uh, um, well, is it? Lack of, lack of humanity, lack of authenticity, the, I mean. Is it Assisi or Augustine? I think it was Assisi that said, the church is a whore, but she's my mother. Um, and so did the church give birth to a lot of uh, a spiritual, uh, uh, yeah, spiritual birth to a lot of people? Yes, myself included, I guess, in some ways, although mine was sort of more parachurch, uh, Christian camping ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but are we an unfaithful lot? Yeah. And it's supposed to be, you know, uh, if you're sick and in need of a doctor, then you'll get Jesus. If you think you're all out in a bag of chips, you're never going to get them. So then who should be flocking to the Jesus buildings? screw-ups. And if you go to a nice, happy, shiny church where everybody's good-looking, that's a sign of a very unhealthy church. It should be a lot of ugly, dysfunctional, uh, irritating people. Broken. Broken. A sense yeah. of brokenness. Sure. And yet, I mean, I grew up in the church as well, as you probably know, and I feel kind of the same way as you do, I think. There was that sense of brokenness, and yet in the, in the place that I broke, uh, grew up in, there was an unwillingness to talk about it. There was right. an unwillingness to actually face it and say, yeah, you know what, I'm kind of screwed up as well, and let's, and let's, and let's meet ab- about that. Let's exactly. hang out about that. And so what are we talking about? We're talking about authenticity. Right. right. That is, the, the, for me, the crux of the matter. 
And if you've got a, 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 a leadership team or pastor or elders that are doing a, a 24 seven uh, uh, carpet sweeping, they're just continually yeah. sweeping stuff under the carpet and coming out with pleasant smiles and having to tie up uh, every message with a little bow and, or yeah. there's some uh, television networks out there that, that say in their contract before you go on their shows, you know, this needs to be positive. We need to finish, you know, on a positive note you, and, and don't wear ripped jeans. Just thought I'd mention that. Is that right? Eh? Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's in their writers. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, and that's not it. Look, you know, I'm, uh, and you probably and, and are as we, well. But this is the 21st century, right? Um, let me check. <laughs> uh, Mike Iaconelli, right? A big book of his uh, was a messy spirituality, and uh, that was the book that I wanted to write, but he wrote first. And you know, the point is that messy spirituality is the Christianity most of us live, but few of us admit. But why are we admitting this? On my website, DrewMarshall.ca, if you go to the picture page, right down to the very bottom. There's a picture of me standing in the Judean desert in Israel, butt-ass naked, facing away from the camera because it was cold that day. And my point behind that, the caption of that picture is vulnerable before the creator. And that is how we need to approach our spiritual lives because vulnerability is, ne is necessary uh, for spiritual growth. If you are not willing to be vulnerable, then you will never be teachable. And if you're not teachable, then you will not grow spiritually. Ooh, that's... That's good. Hey, can I write that down? Is that a soundbite? That might be a soundbite. Pete Rollins the other day. Do you know him, Peter Rollins? I, I, yeah, yeah. No, I, I know the name. He, yeah. he was in Newmarket here in, uh, in uh, Ontario, and he said something at the end, which is, hey, if we want to be more like God, let's do what he did and become more human. Right. Nice. That's a great line. So it's a lack of humanity. So, well, but hang on. I thought, so if God doesn't exist, though, why are you standing naked before the Creator? Because I really hope he, he, he does. I really hope there is a God. So you live in kind of a hope-so world or a hope-so universe. Sure. And I don't know whether that's just because I'm a wuss or because I've been living in the, in the God scene for so long and I just can't shake it. You know, if you live a certain lifestyle for a yep. long time, it's really hard to shake Hab it. Habit, addiction. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm just a wuss, you know? Uh, but I really hope, sure, I hope there's a... There's an all-loving, all-knowing, fix-it-all-in-the-end creator. Um, but I tell you when, you, when you all of a sudden allow yourself to go, maybe there isn't, you know what that does? That actually motivates you to live your freaking life. Because if you die tomorrow and they throw dirt in your face and that's it, yeah. then giddy yeah. up now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how has that played itself out practically for you? What does that mean exactly? Does that mean sleeping in on Sunday mornings? Yes. <laughs> yes. Do you raise your kids differently as a result of that? Do you travel to other places? Uh, yeah. Do you, no, do you do yoga? Yes. No, I'm no, no I wouldn't. That's, uh, that's like backward masking. <laughs> that's um, right. Uh, it's translated into, well, look, it's still a journey. When I first came out, and I use air quotes on a podcast, <laughs> that's right. um, when I first came out about my, uh, my spiritual conundrum, some might call it a dark night of the soul or whatever. Right, right. Which was a few years ago on air? Yeah, about of? four years ago. I, and was I, it on air? Was yeah, it, it was on air with uh, with uh, an apologist named Ravi Zacharias. And you, and had this been staged, not staged, wrong word, Drew, but Planned. did you know no. that it was coming? No. It was just, you said, hey, Ravi, I'm I, I got to be honest done, with you. Or I, I think I'm done. Yeah, I said the closest I've been to Chuck in the Faith is now. I'm not even sure there is a God anymore. And, uh, and boy, you get, I mean, the, the sociological study uh, surrounding that sort of a deal is very interesting, you know, for people to, their, their reaction to me, their, other people's reaction to me not being sure where I'm at spiritually has just been wild. From accusatory to abusive, manipulative, 
to condescending to the very, very this is odd. Just from your family. Yeah, and this is exactly <laughs> just my children. Uh, and uh, he's here all week, folks. Enjoy the view. That's right. Um, uh, and then you know, the odd person would say something like, "Look, you know, I can't, I can't. I've got nothing to offer you. I, I just want to let you know, I, you know, I'm praying for you, and I, and I wish you the best, and I'm, I feel, I feel tough for you." Right. That's that's all you need to say. So there was some generosity there. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. There's the odd person with a pulse. Phone calls, emails. No, you know what's interesting though, David. I had a lot of people. Not a lot. I had a number of people who who said, "If I could only say what you said, but I can't because if I said what you said, I'd lose my job." Yeah, it's tragic. What have we done? What if, has the church done to if, to if, the truth? Seriously, if you can't um, say things that people in the Bible have said. If you can't say things or admit things that great Christian foundational fathers like C.S. Lewis or Malcolm Muggeridge or Mother Teresa have said, really? I mean, there's a serious pussification going on when yeah, it comes well, to... Ma- talk about a massive disconnect. It's, 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 yeah. it's, it's unfair to even call it a disconnect. It's, mm-hmm. just, it's just plain out wrong. Yeah, but I think we have, we have unintentionally maybe done this. Uh, you know, we're all a byproduct of our culture and subcultures. And I think we have we have uh, helped to create this. It's it, let's not just blame all of the leaders, as I like to do, because I think they're holding higher accountability for sure. But the pew sitters, you know, we respond really nicely to the oh, the guy came up there and he used to be an axe murderer and then he found Jesus and now right. everything's right. great and he doesn't right. even own an axe. Oh, right. that's, uh, bless the Lord, praise be, you know, blessed be Jesus. And uh, we praise him, we praise him, we praise him, and uh, and the donations go up that day too. Right. Well. Duh, what do the leaders hook into? Yeah. Well, we got to give it, you know, and this, sure. this, you know, we have. Yeah. And you get writers that say you got to be positive. <laughs> no ripped jeans. No ripped jeans. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's crazy. So, well, you know what fr- makes me a bit crazy about this is that it's, it's, it seems to have gone on for so long, at least for the length of my lifetime anyway, when I watch what happens on television, when I read the re- different reports in the newspaper, there's very much a cliche response about what a Christian is mm. or what an evangelical is. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when you say you grew up in the church, mm-hmm. just for, for uh, we should have probably talked about this earlier, but you, we're talking evangelical. No, United. Kind of, United. Okay. Yeah. So I grew up in a church. My family went to church because they came from the country up here in Ontario. Okay. And when you live in the country, you go to church. And you go to the United Church, maybe the Anglican Church. But back in those days, it, you know, everyone went to the United Church because it was community. Yeah. And would you say pretty legalistic? A lot of... A lot of rules, had to wear a certain type of clothing. Oh, yeah, but that was time. more cultural than, I don't think right. that was necessarily theologically no, pushed. No, there was no, no spiritual just, abuse, it was just cultural abuse. It was just cultural yeah. abuse. Yeah. George Stromblopoulos and I talked about the same, the same. Uh, no, not George, sorry, Bruce Coburn and I talked about the fact that our parents used to make us uh, wear gray flannels that itched, itchy friggin' pants. <laughs> I got to spit on you, sorry. Yeah. Itchy pants. Don't get it on the And then, you know, the, the, the dress shirt or whatever. Yeah. And, now, no, Coburn's a guy who's struggled with his uh, spirituality as well, hasn't oh, he? His faith. Yeah, but but what if, if you think of Coburn and spirituality? What's the next word? Authenticity. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. You I'll know? never forget the uh, the trouble with normal. Was it mm. when it, that album came out? He's sitting on the front with a cigarette and a, and a beer in a bar in Toronto. The Jesus probably. people freak. Oh yeah, of yeah. course they yeah. did, right? Because up to that point, sure. it, it was all the diamonds that glitter so, in this world. So right? which one came first, that or Amy Grant getting divorced? Right. Right. What a what a culture, eh? What a what a subculture. It's troubling on so You know, every many tribe levels. comes with their own baggage, right? Every I've said this for a long time. Everybody's gift has a backside. 
My gift is uh, my mouth. What gets me into trouble the most? My and if mouth. you want to see Drew's, go to his website. If you want to see my backside, yeah. <laughs> DrewMarshall.ca. That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, shoot, what was I saying? Oh, so, um, uh, and every tribe has, has issues and baggage. You hang out with a Lions Club? You know, the, the Rotarians, the... Uh, the fish fry on Friday yes, afternoon. Yes, yes. You know, you hang yeah. out with the polygamists. Yeah. They've got yeah. their issues, too. Oh, yeah. Sure, sure. Well, I think, and that's what I wanted to get to uh, when I was saying, you know, we talked about you being united and Anglican and so on. And I think what irritates me is that what we have today or what we've come up with today is now being sort of misconstrued as what it, the church actually is. And so you've got this lack of authenticity. You've got people in the West looking at this kind of behavior saying, yeah, why would I want anything to right. do with that right. of any kind? Of course there's no God. If that's if that's the kind of a believer that comes out of it, well, hold on, but they're you know, not or a saying person that comes out of it. Why, right? Right. Well, the uh, HuffPost came out a little while ago with a thing that said, um, you know, not everybody is saying there's no God, but the nuns, N O N E S, not the not the the chicks with the robes, right, right. the chicks with the robes. <laughs> How many people are you going to offend here today? <laughs> the chicks. With I've the got robes. several on my list. Um, and the run in their nylons. A nun in their nylons? Anyway, um, uh, the nuns who don't associate with any particular uh, faith tradition or denomination or church or whatever. Okay. Uh, that's a huge group. The nuns are massive right now. Interesting. Massive. I, I, I haven't heard they, that. And they still believe and want to believe that there is a God. Right, right. And would you put yourself in the category, small n or capital? Yeah, but I don't, you know what, it used to be cool to go, um, yeah, I don't go to church anymore, man, you know, after having, look, I, you know, 30 plus years of being a Christ follower, I was a pastor for five years in Australia, and I've been doing the show for 10 years, and I just realized. <laughs> and I wanted to say, and a pornographer tw for 12. And I was a pornographer <laughs> for 12. Was, how did you find out? Boy, you do your research. I do my research, Well done. Man. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. Uh, you're George. so weird, man. Um, <laughs> Oh, crap! What? Don't do that! I'm what sorry. Sorry, it's it's you know. Um, nuns getting oh, yeah. it was cool to uh, just to, yeah. Ooh, I'm not going to church anymore. You know, I'm and and people look. I get labeled all the time as uh, you know. I am a bit of an autodidactic iconoclast, but I'm not trying to be a pain in the ass just for the sake of being a pain in the ass. That's what I get accused of all the time. Sure. You're just saying yeah. that for a reaction. Yeah. Okay. If there is a reaction, great. But I'm not saying things for a reaction. I'm saying things because this is how I feel. This is so I realized I, when I pulled away from church. Look, it's primarily my issue. There's lots of people out there that don't have my baggage, my ADD tendencies, my uh, social analytical kind of you know. Uh, look, one of the most restful weeks I ever had was when I went blind for a week of Lent. Uh, about four years ago, I put uh, I got a friend of mine who's an optometrist who sourced out some black contact lenses for me. I put them in for the entire week, went blind for an entire who, week. Who actually, who makes black contact lenses? I, like, uh, it's uh, really odd. Yeah, uh, Halloween places. And uh, yeah, stuff. anyway, uh, Marilyn Manson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But uh, it, so was, it, was, it was exhausting, um, but it was at the end. Uh, so a full week? Yeah, no sight. No sight. Yep. But it was did, so, you, did you cheat at all? No, at night I had to take them out because if you left them in overnight, you'd suffocate the retinas and it was it would cause some brain damage, no, eye damage. Right, right. And uh, so I went into the dark, dark bathroom and took out the contact lenses and then put on the little night, well, uh, night thing. what do you call those, uh, you know, uh, yeah, when you get them at hotels in yeah, first class uh, on airplanes. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it was very relaxing. I, there were the times afterwards where I thought, I miss not, not noticing everything. Right. Right. I really kind of Did you do that, that because you had a guest coming on? or No, I did that because my eyesight has always gotten in the way of my spiritual growth. 
So whether that's trust issues or lust issues, mm. <laughs> my eyesight has always gotten in the way. And I was kind of hoping, I wonder if I did this, if there's any possible way I might be able to tune in to a different frequency, something that I'm missing. Because it, it forces you, mean, you. As far as the God hypothesis is as concerned? As far as the thinning. Maybe a possible, as the Celts and C.S. Lewis would talk, the th a thinning. So the, 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 the chasm between the created and the creator getting thinner right. to the point where I go, I can hear you, God. Right, right. And, and isn't this what isn't that what meditation really is all about? I mean, to I some guess degree. I'm too ADD to me friggin' meditate. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's tough. I mean, I've I've been doing yoga for a couple of years now, and I mean, within seconds of getting into a particular position, and I do restorative or meditative. You know, I'm thinking about the craziest things, like why the door didn't close on the dryer, and I haven't done clothes in two weeks. You know. <laughs> And the oddest things come up, you know, yeah. just really odd. Did, was that a dentine wrapper that I saw on the way in? <laughs> know, it's just, I know. hang on, I'm supposed to be meditating here. Yeah. Is this, is, did the Dalai Lama put up with this as well? You know what, you know? That, that's why, you know, you, you and I probably have made fun uh, over some sort of, uh, you know, early on, I, I used to uh, not be a big fan of, uh, of liturgy. Right. And, yep. and uh, enchanting or repetitive yeah, sure. nonsense, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. But now I understand why they do that stuff. Yeah, no, I, I totally... Uh, like Tony Capolo yeah. says, he gets up, I just talked to him last week, he says, uh, uh, when, you, when I get up every morning, in order to, uh, I can't remember, he's quoting somebody else, might have been Lewis again, probably. Let's just do that because it yeah. sounds cool. Yeah. Um, it's push. like Mark Twain. Yeah. If you don't know who it is, just say C.S. Lewis. Yeah. Said it. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, like, so like Donald Trump was saying, um, that's right. There's a respectful thing. Uh, I, I have to spend 20 minutes every morning pushing out the animals. Hmm. And all he does, apparently, I don't know if I believe him or not, because, you know, he's Italian, right? Who knows? <laughs> Is he, he just goes, Jesus, Jesus, uh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Fain repetition. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. No, it's, it's interesting. I mean, that's essentially what a Buddhist would do, uh, you know, from a, from a meditative perspective. You know, focus on a word or a sound or something kind of in the environment to create a little bit more of, uh, you know, a focused, I guess, a focused start to the day. Yeah. And I guess that's what Ken Pole is trying to do as well. Well, look, as far as I'm concerned, from my, my issues are my issues. Yep. I, I spent, I've spent way yeah, too but I long. Think, Drew, I think you said something earlier that, to me, says there are also other people's issues as well. Well, a lot so, of people have said, uh, thanks for going, coming out with yeah, this stuff. Yeah, yeah, But I know, look, I got my own issues, my own baggage, and, uh, and I know that I'm, I, I'm not, it's not healthy for me to keep going to church, and, and I haven't for four years, something like that, to keep going to church and sitting there going, this sucks, mm -hmm. this sucks, every Sunday. That's my mantra. This sucks, this sucks, this right, sucks. Right, right. You know, a 50-minute message for most human beings, is too long. Right. For me, that I want to put a bullet in my head. Right. It's way right. too long, you right. know. And then you get the cheesy Jesus singers up front singing erotic love songs to their boyfriend. Right. And making, and then you get uh, you get happy clappy buddy beside you making erotic noises as he's praying. Mm, <laughs> yes, Lord. Yes. Oh, yes, Lord. <sighs> you go to. You must go to a conservative church. Uh, <laughs> Can I tell one time I was at a yes, uh, please, fraternal please. prayer, no, fraternal, you know, uh, what am I trying to say? A bunch of different pastors got together from different denominations, and they were talking about, they were they're trying to do the kumbaya thing, and let's, let's work together, you know, let's, yeah. let's uh, eat Oreos. And uh, uh, witness prayer time, and I got the happy glappy beside me, right? The guy with the gold tooth from the, from the charismatic Pentecostal church. Right, right. 
And uh, and he's praying. Wearing, wearing aqua velvet. Wearing, no, it was high karate. High karate. It was high karate. <laughs> I think we just dated ourselves, <laughs> but still, it was worth the reference. <laughs> and he is doing his, his erotic prayer to Jesus. And that's fine. That's his deal, whatever. Anyway, it comes my turn now. And I'm pretty, you know, pretty relaxed with my prayer thing. And, and, and I actually become very quiet when, I, when I'm, because I'm trying to pray to God, not to the guys around me. A God that you're not sure. A God that I'm not even sure is there. Yeah. So I, I'm not yeah. going to, you know. Yeah. Well, he keeps the eroticism going beside me. Oh, boy. And, I, yeah. you know, I get so, I can't even think straight because I'm going, you can't hey, God, your... you, know, like, you know, like, listen, you know, I want to thank you for the day. And he's going, mmm, mmm, yeah, mm, oh, Lord Jesus, listen to him. Listen, you know, hear his word. I finally had to reach over, touch him on the leg so his eyes opened, and I went, shh. <laughs> Did you chat afterwards over uh, yeah, I just said, decaffeinated he, tea? Yeah. <laughs> we had some uh, Welch's grape juice for communion. Right. Yeah. Yes. Anyway. Oh, man. So is it a phase, Drew? I mean, has is, is God died as far as you're concerned? Are you, are you, you know, Nietzsche said, you know, that, or pronounced, didn't say, but pronounced the death of God. Is, is that where we're at? You uh, mean you society know? or personally? No, I think personally, because I mean, I, I get this, you know, we, uh, I get this sense that you, like you said, uh, the hope so side, you know, you, you kind of hope you want there to be a God. You still live within the culture to some degree. You, mm. you host a radio program. You're mm. clearly speaking into it mm -hmm. in your own way. Prophetic voice, maybe, right? You're Did you asking, say pathetic. Uh, maybe, yeah, capital P. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's an odd mix to me. You know, and yet... Yeah, but that's it, man. Yeah. The, the, it's the tension of, of, uh, of, of uh, discovering the God of the in-betweens. Not right. the God of the highs, not the God of the lows. It's the God of the... Dead air. Yeah, yeah. What, what is up with that? Yeah, yeah. So it's the struggle. It's the, well, I've often said life is paradox, complexity, contradiction. That is life. That's not That's the names I, of your kids? That's right, yes. <laughs> We, Sonny and Cher, we, we love them. What were their what were their kids' names? Do you remember that? Or oh, Chaz. Yeah, and then Chazette. Kids' name. Yeah, Chaz and Chazette. Yeah. Or, yeah, but I, I mean, I, I truly believe that. I mean, it's it's taken me a long time to come to terms with that and say, you know what, that is the normal. And now it's how, how do you weed through that? So yeah. I think the in between makes makes a whole lot of sense. To and, me. Look, I I think uh, Dave that I, you know, I'm I'm giving rebirth. So I had to kill my. I had to kill myself, kill my spiritual life, and kill my God. Yeah. And then I had to start over again. So I stripped away all tribal conditioning because I wanted to know if what I was believing was was uh, was true. And the only way you're going to figure that out is by figuring out if your if your beliefs are being propped up by tribal yeah. conditioning. Yeah. Yeah. So spiritual disciplines, uh, uh, circumstantial evidence. Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, circumstance. I heard it said that circumstantial evidence, tribal convictions, and I don't know something else. Um, so I just stripped it all away, stripped it all away, and now I'm coming into into starting with some new. T you know, I'm learning to speak again, a new language, right, right, and right. I've and I've gotten rid of my certainty language. Right. You know, the evangelical North American church yeah. is loaded with certainty language. It is. Yeah. And when you I start, I would say our culture is, but the church, especially, is especially, yeah. Full of it. yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, which came first, the the uh, the, first. the the yeah. American. We can, we will, we, yeah. you know. Yep. Uh, 
Yeah, as in having studied philosophy for so many years, I mean, what you're doing—I mean, what you're doing—is what Descartes did when he wrote, you know, that whole "I think, therefore I am." He, he tried to dest he destroyed everything, or at least so he said. Mm. I'm going to reduce everything to its its most basic infrastructure mm. from a metaphysical perspective. What's the only thing I got? Well, I'm a thinking thing. I think, therefore I am. And then we've got Nietzsche for 300 years later, who says, "How do, how do you philosophize with a hammer?" Right? You take an item or an idea and you test it mm. and you tap it and you see if it can withstand some kind of a stress. And I mean, talk about a guy who's been misunderstood. Me? You, know? uh, you have been very misunderstood. Yeah. Hopefully not in our uh, podcast here today. But, but uh, yeah, but Nietzsche, you know, people, and, and, and it just, it makes me crazy because here was a guy who actually prophesied, I believe, where we sit today. You want, you want that world of certainty? Well, you know what it's actually going to bring you, ironically, ultimately, because life is contradiction, paradox, and complexity? It's going to bring you a lack of certainty. Mm. It's going to bring you this ugly postmodernism, because if you take that down through to its logical conclusion, it's pretty troubling well what said. you wind up with. Are you high? How do you know all this stuff? <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> That's right. um, the, it's uh, the yoga. There, a friend of mine named Dan Taylor who wrote the book, The Myth of Certainty, uh, is... Oh, I think I've read that. Oh, yeah, it's brilliant. And he just came up with another one... Um, called The Skeptical Believer, uh, Telling Stories to Your Inner Atheist. Hmm. Fantastic hmm. read. Uh, hi, Dan, if you're listening, I love you tenderly. Um, that was weird. That was um, very... He, he, you know, the premise of his book is uh, that doubt is more compatible with faith than certainty. Yeah, and I don't know who what it was who said who what it was. Whoa. Uh, who said that doubt is the shadow cast by faith? Right. That's... I've looked for that. I've tried to figure out who, who said that. C.S. Lewis. Probably, or Mark Twain. <laughs> Actually, could have been Frank Zappa Queen. for all. Frank Zappa, yeah, yeah, yeah. But seriously, and and, and I've taken I've taken uh, token token I've taken a certain amount of comfort in that. You know, doubt is the shadow cast by faith because that for me, I don't know about. Well, it sounds like to you as well. Yeah, that, that for me isn't there one is another quote about it? It's being it's you know the the ugly uh, redheaded stepchild of faith. Doubt is the ugly redheaded stepchild of faith. I, I like that I one. Can I, I can I do good. that one? You can do that one. Yeah. <laughs> D doubt is the Ralph Mouth of the faith. Ralph Mouth. <laughs> Another dated reference. Yeah. Look, I got so exhausted. Anyone under the age of thirty-seven <laughs> won't, won't get about three or four of the things we've been talking um, about. I got. I just got exhausted um, clinging to Pascal's wager. Right. Which is what? Um, I mean. Which is a Big Mac, small fries, <laughs> and, a, and a large iced tea. Uh, no, it's basically live your life that there is like there is a God because if there is a God, hey, it, that was a good move. Yep. And if there isn't a God, what have you really lost by living life that there right. is? You know yeah, what I mean? The, what's good the, life. Hence the wager, right? Yeah. But the crapshoot and the Pascal's wager, and then you look at uh, at uh, at Oscar the Grouch's razor. No, Os Occam's razor. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Occam's razor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I just it, I want to I want to I want to know. And you know, here's the, this, well, is see, the this is the paradox. I want to know. Yeah. But yet, I, I realize the value of 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 of, of no certainty. I right. want to know, which is right. certainty. Yeah. But now I'm finally understanding the value of not being certain, and uh, and yet I want to know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No. It's a, because, it's, dude, we read a relational book. Bunch of relationships in that book. God being interactive with each other. Others being interactive, sorry, God being interactive with people and people being interactive with other people and people being active with God. Then we live in a relational world mm -hmm. where we relate to each other. Mm -hmm. And we're told we're in relationship with God. Well, really? I, you know, I, I'm living through, uh, vicariously through other people's faith stories. And I ask a lot of heavy, heavy hitters about their, tell me about your faith story. But tell me about the time you uh, encountered a, t you had a tangible relational encounter with the creator of the universe. Mm -hmm. 
stories sucked. They were horrible. An atheist friend of mine sat down and listened to a bunch of them, went over them. Horrible. They were, I prayed to God and got a parking spot kind of stories. Wow. Horrible. Yeah. yeah. Now, you can't tell someone, you know, who you can, maybe the odd time I, yeah. I did, but yeah. for the most part, you want to be amicable and nice because we're Canadian. Yeah. And uh, you say, you go, uh, oh, that's, that's nice. I'm glad that worked for you. Uh, but you can't sit there and go, that is just pathetic. So they have theirs. They hang on to them. They're doing their life and their seasons. I listen. My internal commentary goes, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there's a tension. There's a struggle. There's a, uh, I mean, there's an atheism. And these are just my bowel movements. That's right. <laughs> and only today. Uh, is, is, is that now the new normal for you, do you think? I mean, you've talked a little bit about liturgy. You've talked a little, it sounds like there might be a, a bit of a shift. You talked about a new language. Uh, you know, it's just, it, 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 I hate to admit this, but as much as an, I, uh, I still am and recognize myself to be very much of, you know, sort of an autodidactic iconoclast, I love saying that. It just makes me sound It's so tough good. to get all um, in one mouthful. But I'm, you know, I don't play well with others sometimes. I like hanging out with others, but I don't, I'm not good long-term uh, with others because I get tired of me and I already then go, mm, I know they're tired of me and then I get all weird around other people. Um, so I... I still really, 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 really want there to be a God. I really do, and and um, and I and there's a belonging thing here that happens. And this is the part I hate to admit. We, you know, we all uh, want to be a, a member of the cast of Cheers, mm -hmm. where everyone mm -hmm. knows your name. Mm -hmm. Now, listen, I've got four pubs where everyone knows my name, but I want. I still there's a belonging thing here, right. and, and now that I found some people. They get it. You know, you're one of them, right? It's nice, and I don't want to hang out with you, but there's, there's, <laughs> it's nice to know that people, you can see the light come on in their eyes. Right. You know, you're not right. wasting the, your time or their time yeah. rattling on with, with this incessant uh, inner atheist. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's, a maintain, it's a maintenance of the status quo is what it is, and that... I think for for both of us makes us crazy on on and what on whatever level you want to talk about philosophy or theology or relationships, I'm just kind of not interested in 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 the status quo. I'm really not. The, you know the whole idea of balance. I don't know. To me, is kind of like uh, I mean, it's, I, it's helpful, but it's there's a mediocre edge it's to it. Yeah. You know, there's a mediocre edge to it. There's got to be tension. There's got to be a struggle no. for there to be any kind of growth at all. Yeah. Um, Woody Allen said, um, in, in, I think it was in Annie Hall, which I just think is a brilliantly written. Was he quoting C.S. Lewis? He probably was. Um, some, uh, well, he, actually, he was quoting Albert Einstein, who said, you know, God will never play dice with the world. And mm -hmm. he's in a conversation with somebody, and he says, yeah, I, he just plays hide and seek. <laughs> yes, I do remember that, yeah. Yeah, it's a great line and clearly a struggle uh, for him at some time in his life. And I think we all want... If, if any of us have ever been uh, faced with some sort of creator, uh, God hypothesis of one kind or another, we all want something tangible. You know, W.H. Auden said, the table exists because I scrub it, right? Which mm -hmm. is beautiful, but it's really empirical and it's in your face. And you and I are sharing something that, can anyone really share this, like, with a creator? One kind or with Buddha, with with Muhammad, with Christ. Don't I mean, get all forgetting yeah, the kumbaya no, no, no. incense burning, hug a whale, kiss a tree on me here, I, dude. I, I should have brought some incense. Oh, oh, folks, he's breaking into a downward doggy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, depending on your weight, that can be a very troubling position. Oh, man, it can be hard to yeah. get into and yeah. hard to get out of. It is, yeah. and it's awkward yeah. when the person in front of you has anal leakage. <laughs> 
that's really troubling. What studio do you go to? Yeah. Oh yeah, right. You don't do uh, you don't do yoga. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well, you know. What else? You got yeah, something else? Do we got something else? What, tell me. Tell me what's next. You know, you got the Drew Marshall show. Uh, DrewMarshall.ca. DrewMarshall.ca. Saturdays one to five live here on uh, Joy twelve fifty. Uh, uh, tell me some guests. I mean, I wanted to ask you. Let's just before we wrap up. Tell me. Tell me something you've learned from. The crazy, wonderful, uh, um, famous, and not so infamous guests that you've interviewed over the years—it's really helped me with my own insecurities. Because and, and, and everybody's so, anybody, anybody's everybody. Right. There's no right. Dare. like. I got a, a pretty wound when I interviewed James Brown in his suite after a concert. Now, here's a couple of reasons. One, I just watched James freaking Brown perform. Right. That was cool. Yeah. Then I went up to a suite to have a, per a personal face-to-face, -face, not a phone or a face-to-face. -face. Then it was like 3 in the morning, and I was exhausted. So I was a little, you know, a yeah. little uh, happy about that one. That was yeah. cool. Yeah, sure. Um, but, yeah, 10 years of celebrities and, uh, and uh, you know, prominent people or whatever. And uh, we're, you just keep it real. I don't get wound about anyone, anyone. That's good. So we're, what, So what's the, what's the takeaway? We're oh, hold on. There is one person I would get a little excited about. One person. Okay. James Taylor. James Taylor. Interesting. Yeah. I just I, so, why? I revere the guy. I yeah. hope he I hope I find some dirt about him so that I can go back to being secure again about my life. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Well thanks, So uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I've learned that's what I've that's what I've learned. I've learned uh to, to we're we're all in this together, kinda. Of. Yeah, yeah, and I don't take myself seriously. You can't, you're Canadian, so yeah. you're not yeah. allowed to, number yeah. one. Yeah. Um uh, and, and, uh, and the authentic, look, people will, no matter how stupid people are, everyone has this, has the ability to sniff out whether someone's being authentic or not. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I, I totally believe it. The, tr the tr truth in the end. They might not be able to verbalize what, yeah. what, you know, uh, Ooh, I'm not going to sit there and go, Oh, I sense he's very authentic. You know, some people are stupid and they can't verbalize it like that. Um, but Look, that's one of the reasons I think the Jesus thing is actually the, 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 the way to go. Before I reinvest another 30 years in Jesus, I would like to kind of wrap my head around whether there's a God or not first. Right. But the reason I get the Jesus thing is because stupid people can get it. Hockey players can get this. Right. You know, it's try figuring out Scientology, dude. Not a chance. Right. Not right. going to be many pro athletes in Scientology, let me just tell you. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't, haven't done the research on that one. Anyway. Well, it's interesting that we've kind of come back to the whole... The, the Scientology? Whole, the, the whole, no, to the truth question again. Oh. And so for me, what I'm hearing you say, and this is a nice way to wrap up, I think is that truth is kind of relational. That, you know, you can't necessarily put your finger on it, but boy, you know when you got it. Yep. You don't know, on, you don't know how lousy no-name chocolate milk is until you try no-name chocolate milk. You don't realize how good... Nestle's chocolate milk is until you try the no-name crap. Um, I have no idea if that if that is what I'm actually trying to say or not. Nice way to take a really important conversation <laughs> and redact it to a bunch of meaningless drivel. That's that's what I found. Um, for me, it's orange juice. Yeah, you know, well, there you go. Got oh, the really perfectly. fresh squeezed, perfectly. And then you got some tang-like yes. abomination. Exactly. Right. And Why would I drop Nestle? Oh. Why would I drop a name that kills babies in Africa? Why would I do that? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> And on that note, <laughs> yeah. 
So, uh, Drew, thanks for joining us. And, and I, I mean, we'll do this again, I'm sure. Yes. Whether or not the recorder's going will be yeah. uh, another story. But thank you. DrewMarshall.ca, his show's on Saturday from 1 to 5. Plays around the world, you know. Yeah, it's live streaming 1 to yeah. 5 Eastern. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, and called then the we Internet, I believe. Yeah, it's yeah. called the Internet. And yeah. then we archive all of our... We have uh, 10 years of celebrity guests up there. Who's, who's coming up? Oh, shoot. Um, hold on. Don't, oh, don't do this to me, man. Uh, well, we have one of the world's <laughs> like leading seven. Buddhists uh, who is going to come up on our show. We're doing a, sh a segment called Soul Survivor, Five Religious Tribes Competing for the Soul of One Person. Wow, cool. Uh, and we, I met Catalina at the Hare Krishna Temple in Toronto while I was interviewing uh, Swami Bhakti Marj, and she's our contestant. We've had Tribe Muslim compete for her soul, Tribe Mormon, uh, Tribe Jesus with uh, Billy Graham's daughter. Uh, now we have Tribe Buddhist. And then we're going to get to Tribe Hare Krishna because she wants to meet Swami Bhakti Marge. And then I'd like to get, I'm trying to get Penn Teller to come on and, and represent Tribe Atheist. Well, is that right? Yeah. yeah. How about Tribe Capitalist? <laughs> that could be pretty interesting. Back to Donald Trump. Back Ding. to Donald Trump. DrewMarshall.ca. Check out her show. Thanks, Drew.